At the intersection of ideas and action, this is Longitude Soundbites, where we bring innovative insights from around the world directly to you. I'm Molly Turner, Longitude Fellow from the Juilliard School. In today's episode, we will be featuring highlights from a conversation I led with Jonathan Batty, Chief Communications Officer of the Mayflower Autonomous Ship Project. This is a project to build a fully autonomous AI-powered vessel that can cross the Atlantic. We explored this project for our Imagination series to learn about the individuals involved and the experiences that brought the project to fruition. As an orchestral conductor, I was interested in Jonathan's experience in content creation and storytelling, and how he brought to life the incredible story of the Mayflower Autonomous Ship, aka MAS 400. His role in media relations is quite a bit like the content and engagement offices at a symphony orchestra, both of their jobs being to distill and focus the technical jargon of a project so as to connect the project to the general public and establish relevance. In my case, the project is a performance, and in his case, it is a technological feat of many people to build a ship. We started our conversation with his description of the MAS 400. So this is a very uh, exciting and bold project to build a fully autonomous and crewless vessel that's capable of crossing oceans and gathering vast amounts of uh, biological and and environmental data as it goes. And how long have you been a part of um, MAS? So I've been working on it for about two and a half years. So I'm not on the technical team. So my role is really focused on the the storytelling in relation to the Mayfair Autonomous Ship, the publicity, uh, communicating the goals of the project, uh, public awareness, also building the web portal. Um, I've been working with a team of of people from IBM to build a web portal for the project. So really publicity and public engagement, that kind of thing. Great. And I, I have a question early on. I um, don't have a science background. Well, I was pre-med for one year, but that definitely doesn't count. Okay. Um, well, that counts for something. And um, I was wondering if you could explain AI to kind of a lay person. Yeah. So it's, a, it's essentially a set of technologies which go something towards enabling tech to operate in a similar way to the human brain. So much more automated, autonomous, learns as it goes, you know, gets better all the time. And it's essentially, it's a tool to augment human capabilities and to enable humans uh, to be the best at what they can be. Were you part of the video series in any way on the website? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've done all kinds of content in relation to the Mayflower Autonomous Ship Project because it's such a rich story, so much potential. And over the years, since I started getting involved, we've tried our hands at all, all kinds of content. We've even done a podcast series ourselves. Not sure whether you've heard that, but um, so much opportunity with this Mayfly Autonomous Ship Project. You can talk about you know, science and technology, the relationship between humans and machines, the future of the world, the future of the ocean a lot of uh, big topics the yeah. data <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah plastic pollution marine mammals you know a uh, uh, global warming ocean acidification it's like the, it's, it's almost like you can talk about the 
you know, the future of the entire planet through the Mayflower Autonomous Ship Project, which is super cool. So that's that's why I like it. And also that's why we've been able to do so many different things and try our hands at different types of content. So the the video series I think that you're refu- uh, referring to is the IBM docu-series called The Uncharted about the Mayflower. So that was uh, an IBM project and I was a a member of that team. I'm actually based in the UK, which is where the ship is based. So I also have an important role being the kind of man on the ground and and the guy who can go and hang out with the team and kind of force them into uh, doing video recordings and interviews and get up at the crack of dawn to do, you know, to do, um, you know, recording work, uh, documenting the ship as it goes on expeditions and stuff. So I've been quite fortunate in that sense to have a good uh, location. Um, and that's that's given me a, a, also an important role in the project. Is there an approach you have with coming up with ideas and solutions to um, certain things, and how you interact with the MAS crew? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the most striking thing about the Mayflower Autonomous Ship Project and the way we've gone about storytelling is its honesty. It's an extremely honest project. This is a a bunch of people who really just have this shared dream, this common goal. They want to do something amazing. And they're mostly scientists or technologists. And there's no, there's not really any kind of sense of a kind of marketing spin to the story. This from an IBM perspective, you know, we were excited by the goals of this project. We wanted to help. We wanted to help this uh, marine research nonprofit to, to to do this incredible thing because it's not you know IBM is not in the shipping business we don't build <laughs> ships we don't build cars you know we don't have this kind of opportunity every day so uh, the people on this project were really just uh, wanted to do it because they believed in the vision and also because they wanted to have some fun and they wanted to help build an autonomous ship it, there's a great deal of honesty to the motivation of the people involved. And there's also a great deal of honesty in the way that we've done the storytelling. So we've, it's not, it's not really been kind of engineered. It's really just been a case of giving a voice to the team, giving them a chance to talk, recording what they're doing, asking them honest questions and helping people understand, you know, what is, what is it about? How, how does it work? How does the tech work? Um, what do we hope to achieve? And also, what is the current status? Because that's it's a real living, breathing project. So we've had a lot of people all over the world, from media to you know to school children, through to university students, through to you know members of the private sector, the public sector. Everyone wants to know what's going on with the ship, what's the current <laughs> status. So we've had a certain responsibility to keep people updated and tell them what's going on and where is the ship and you know, on the recent attempt across the Atlantic, which uh, unfortunately wasn't successful, we just tried to be as honest as possible about, you know, what was going on, where was, you know, where was the ship, you know, what was broken, you know, when's it going to be, you know, repaired, when's it going to, you know, when, mm. when's it going to be back in port, what's next? So we built this this web portal called mass400.com, that's mas400.com. And that's a great example of very honest storytelling because on there, you've got a whole portal dedicated to telling people about the ship, but also showing people, you know, where the ship is, its current position, you know, the views through the cameras of the, mm-hmm. of the ship and, um, you know, information on the research projects, l- lots of live data 
about the vessel. So uh, there's a great deal of honesty there. I think from an IBM perspective, even though we do a lot of the technologies used on mass available on a commercial basis, that wasn't the motivation for getting involved. This was not some kind of marketing sponsorship. It really was the case that our own people, our own engineers, our own scientists, they, they kind of voted for this project with their feet, right? So they decided yeah. that we were going to work on it. And then the marketing and PR teams like, like myself, we joined later and we, we basically gained them a voice. There are some projects in companies where, you know, that the marketing or PR team come in and sign some major agreement and put lots of money on the table. And then the, the technologists kind of have to play catch up and kind of uh, deliver on what's been, you know, promised in, in, mm. in the sponsorship agreement. This one was not like that. This one was really the case of a bunch of, you know, scientists and technology on the ground wanting to do this thing. They did it in their own time. They did it. They did it as volunteers. They, you know, in the beginning, no one was getting paid for this work. It was just purely done. For, no, I like when you, you know, say like, the you, they just wanted to build a ship that yeah. mostly the ocean, which seems pretty ridiculous. And that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a crazy idea. I mean, this is, as you know, it's named after the Mayflower, sure. which is a, a vessel which brought, you know, pilgrims and other settlers from Plymouth, England to Plymouth, Massachusetts in the in this, uh, 17th century. And so this whole story is about the relationship between, you know, England and, you know, modern America or Europe and modern America. So it's a kind of a nice one for for IBM to get involved in it has lots of lots of synergies there in terms of you know what IBM is and does the ship is being built in in Plymouth England but it's all about the relationship between uh, you know the the UK and and uh, modern America as, as I mentioned it's, it's it's got lots of different angles to this one and it's great to hear the kind of how marketing kind of came onto this because it reminded me of the symphony orchestra and so as a conductor we choose works that we want to do and they might not be super popular they might be new pieces that we're discovering and then we like show up to like the marketing meeting and they're like we can't sell tickets for this this is like absurd like we're not going to play this you know never heard of piece and so it's great to hear that the kind of technical team had a crazy idea and then you guys jumped on it too and it kind of like yeah, snowball because it doesn't always yeah. happen because sometimes it kind of you kind of run into each other. Um, so that was great. That's exactly it. That's that's a great analogy. It's exactly the same thing, you know. So in in your case, it's you know it's it's your musicians who are finding these kind of crazy pieces of music or crazy crazy projects to work on, and then you know taking it back to the to the orchestra. In our in our case, it's the scientists and the technologists who kind of dug up this project and wanted to take on the challenge and then tuck it back to the corporation for them to uh, agree to. And, but the fact is they were already working on it. So I'm not entirely sure that not entirely sure the IBM corporation had a lot of choice, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I think IBM, IBM is great like that. It does, it does enable its people. Uh, it does empower its people. And I think to be, to be fair to IBM, I think it's uh it's you know it's been an unusual project for IBM. I think it's made you know one or two people nervous over 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 the years because you know it's it's a it's a relatively risky project oh, in yes. the sense that we, you know the, the team building this haven't haven't known whether it's going to be successful or not. So even though there's no one on it and the chance of anyone getting injured or killed is low, 
Um, there is some element of reputational risk involved. Sure. And to be fair to IBM, I think they've been very brave. And I think it's, it's, it's credit to them that they've gotten behind it and, uh, and enabled you know, their team to, to do what they want to do. Well, that's fantastic. If you were starting out college now, uh, what additional like skills, courses or things, partying, not going to class, what kind of things would you kind of integrate into that knowing what you know now? You mean for myself? Yes, for yourself. Yeah, if you were to kind of go hmm. back. That's a great question. So a few things. I mean, I, I as I mentioned, studied literature. So I also come from an, a, a humanities background. So, you know, I spent my years at university, kind of, you know, reading, criticizing books. And, but it's also a great, it was a great subject for me because it's a pretty all-encompassing subject. It covers, it covers philosophy, it covers mm-hmm. history, it covers society and the arts as well. So there's lots built into literature. So I think I, I came out of that with a fairly kind of grounded view of the world. But obviously now working in tech, I feel like if I, if I had the chance to, you know, to dedicate some years to studying again, it probably would be to further my IT skills. Even though I, I've been working for a, a technology company for the past 20 years and know a lot about it, my practical skills are pretty limited. So I can't, I can't code. So I think I'd love to, love to know how to code, at least at the basic level. And then the other thing, I t- I'll be honest with you, I do have this love for the ocean and I've always had that. But since I've been working on the Mayfly Autonomous Ship Project, I've discovered this whole area of oceanography and, you know, these brave people who spend huge amounts of time collecting data about the ocean, either on ships or uh, sometimes diving under the water and coming up with all kinds of technologies to help people to collect, you know, more data about the ocean. I think that's a fascinating area. And if I could notch up another degree, it probably would be an oceanography right now. Do you know how to drive a boat? You have an interest in a little bit, yeah. I mean, I've, I've always had a strong connection with the with the ocean. So through boats or swimming in it or diving mm-hmm. in it. You know, I'm a qualified diver. I also windsurf. I'm a really keen swimmer. Cool. So I, I, I have lots of ocean related skills. But to be <laughs> an oceanographer, I think would be super cool. I'd, I'd like to do that if I had another chance. beautiful to me that this was a volunteer-driven project in its inception. People wanted MAS 400 to happen from their honest curiosity of the ocean. Jonathan uses this core value of honesty in his storytelling by being honest about the status of the ship, even when the most recent attempt was unsuccessful. He wants people to feel involved and updated about the progress of the vessel, and he also extends honesty in his visionary tone about the project's potential world-changing discoveries. Even more, at the end of the interview, he talks about his personal love and connection to the ocean and how he's actually a qualified diver himself. So moving forward in my own work, I can see that honesty truly speaks more than any other trait in storytelling. In my own storytelling through music, I can take cues from the MAS 400 in Jonathan. We hope you enjoyed today's segment. You can learn more about the Mayflower Autonomous Ship on mas400.com. Please feel free to share your thoughts over social media and visit longitude.site for the episode transcript. Join us next time for more unique insights on Longitude Soundbites.